Hi, Hector. How are you? Very good, sir. Thanks a lot for taking the time today. Of course. It's an honor. So we have Hector Bremner from Avricor. And uh, Avricor is the old Vank Pharma. It's trading under the symbol AVCR. That's Apple, Victor, Charlie Ross on the Venture Exchange, Avricor Health. Um, this is a deal, Hector, before we kind of get started, I'll do a little bit of a quick little intro. This is a company that um, we've covered here on Alpha Stocks for probably, probably been a couple of years now, even probably since when uh, Bob Rye first took over. I know he started off as a director and then when he took over as CEO, Conf- uh, you know, interrupt me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was like two to three years ago. Yeah, I think it was like two years ago. Yeah, yeah and then you know we did the the stock at that time. You just rolled it back. It was at um, did a fa- first financing at fifteen cents, which is when we introduced it over to to all our subscribers. And stock did very well. Went up to seventy cents on a lot of volume, on a lot of big news with uh, and partnerships with different marijuana companies and and kind of partnering and merging kind of the pharmaceutical side with with the cannabis industry. And so um, since then, there's been a little bit of a shift with the company. Stock is obviously hasn't done as well as we had hoped since that high of 70 cents. But Bob and his team have been uh, have continued to work extremely hard to build shareholder value. Stock sitting right now at two and a half, three cents. It's been beating up for a while. Um, but uh, but I want to get I wanted to get you. Um, I want to introduce you to subscribers and introduce the story back to subscribers. And uh, so you guys can get a chance to kind of tell us about what you guys are trying to do to revive this company and take it to the next level. So if you have a couple minutes, Hector, why don't we get started? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really appreciate it and uh, appreciate you uh, giving us a voice. Yeah, we uh, had an interesting ride. Uh, as you mentioned, the company was a generic drug company and it uh, switched its focus after the federal government had really gone after drug prices. And uh, so, you know, if you're a big drug maker, we were a cross-license producer, and if you're a big drug maker, I mean, you can lose on a couple and win on a couple and you'll make it. But at the end of the day, generic. Sorry, Hector, we got cut out there. Just uh, continue, please. We were, you were just, got, we probably got connected probably 10 seconds you were talking when uh, when we weren't recording. Yeah, so I, we're... Um, Talk about a little bit of on on where Bank Farm was when you uh, when it got started, right? And transition. Bank Farm, uh, Bank Pharma was a, a successful little uh, crop license generic drug company. But as we've seen and read, is that the, the political flavor at the time, right now in this era, is to go after generic drug prices and the sort of grand fix to to the healthcare uh, challenges that we face, particularly in the public system. And, you know, that's a, that's a whole other show. But I, the reality is that generic smaller companies like ours really had to shift focus. But, of course, the real future, and there is a real opportunity, and credit to uh, our team a couple of years ago, um, recognizing that and recognizing that health data is a tremendous opportunity in a variety of means, from clinical trials to AI. Uh, you know, AI is the only good as the data you put in it. So we really focused and drilled down on this health data piece and invested in technologies and that. Part of that was a name change. We've successfully fully transitioned away from um, the drug maker side and been able to uh, dormant our licenses and, and fully move on. And so now we're uh, completely focused on uh, our primary technology, which is called HealthTab and the Raster Network, which uh, basically is a point-of-care blood test that occurs in the pharmacy. Uh, we use a, a, an analyzer that is widely used in clinical trials and 
like this. Not generally web-enabled, but we modify it to be web-enabled, and we overlay a software on it that is proprietary. And uh, why we do that is that we uh, link all these analyzers uh, and feeding back is through the cloud uh, real-time data from all these points of testing, uh, again, happening in pharmacy. And what that allows us to do is take de-identified information and then to get that back to research entities. So uh, it could be health researchers, governments, NGOs, and, of course, life science companies. So this is our, our focus now, and uh, we are... are, are quite frankly, solving the, the solution to a headache, the big headache in the industry is getting access to real-time, real valuation data, uh, particularly around clinical trials. So um, huge amount of success on this on the business development front. We'll be making uh, several key announcements over the coming weeks. And uh, we just recently made an announcement as a first-step agreement with a large clinical research organization that operates in 15 countries, and uh, they're called ClinArt. And uh, so we're really excited about this, and we're really excited about where we're going. So how do you guys make money with this partnership, like, let's, let's say, with, with ClinArt? Like, break it down for me on how you guys are going to make some money. Right. So what we do is, the, in this particular case, the partnership agreement that will they will um, help us distribute into their, uh, their countries. Now, they operate in the MENA region, which is Middle East, North Africa. So, you know, the small Canadian company, if you're expecting to be able to, you know, you know, go out into into these countries. Uh, even China, for example. You know, I used to be the assistant to the Minister of International Trade for for British Columbia, and I know how hard it is to break into those markets without a um, you know a trailblazer, without without a guide. And so, this is a really great partnership where uh, they will uh, be our distributor over there, and they will help us secure the um, approvals and the uh, location partners in the region. And then, because they're a clinical research organization, which is, uh, these are entities that sell clinical trials and studies to drug companies. They don't conduct it themselves. They, they, they contract out to companies like this one. This is one of the largest ones in the region. Uh, they work with every major brand you can think of. And so then they will sell clinical trials on our network. So think of our business model a lot like, um, you know, Facebook or Google or anything, is that we uh, establish a, a network and uh, the consumer uh, generally is receiving that uh, benefit for free. And on the back end, we are selling subscriptions and selling um, uh, the opportunity to sponsor on the back end. And that is how the company makes money. Can you um, can you give us like a little bit more detail on this deal with ClinyArt? Let's say, because I just want to be able to kind of say, okay, let's say if this is the deal with ClinyArt and then, you know, we have a number of these sort of deals yeah. in the pipeline and then this so this is so guys can just put a number on it because i mean you're sitting at a three you're sitting at three cents million and a half dollar market cap around yeah. which is obviously extremely cheap but why is it cheap well yeah it's cheap because you know being a canadian tech company people uh unfortunately uh, you know unfortunately haven't uh, really been able to bet on us and that is that is the real challenge you know and i, I recognize that again you know my background is public policy and and um, coming from the government side, and you know, those the message that we heard loud and clear was that you know, how what can you do to support this this environment? And you know, it's been a real tough nut to crack in Canada. But I will say, uh, notwithstanding things like you know, cannabis a year ago, or maybe gold today, you know, the real uh, next big thing is health data. So you know, the way the deals like ClinArt work is that you know, and just to give everyone a perspective, is that the UK is going to start marketing its health data from its National Health Service. And they figure that it's worth $12 billion a year. A drug 
approval today with the FDA is about a $2.3 billion capex. A lot of that is research. So the market that we're playing in here is very, very large and it's quite deep. And so again, from AI companies to health researchers to NGOs to the World Health Organization, which um, uh, does uh, work with ClinArt, which uh, uh, conducting uh, infectious disease studies, um, we are in talks with a group right now in a five-country uh, study in and the real-world uh, evaluation approach as of June. So when you think about um, the fact that from June to where we're at today, the end of September, uh, as we're talking today, this is a, a tremendous amount of momentum in three, four months, particularly considering it was done over the summer. So um, right now with the ClinArt deal, the dollar amounts will be announced soon. We're sort of just pinning down the definitive agreement. We had team members over in Dubai last week, and uh, uh, everybody was meeting over there. So um, things are going uh, extremely well. We'll be able to announce that very soon. But the point here is that these are um, very large wide opportunities where um, there's multiple revenue streams, several sectors, and uh, the area that would, would want to use our platform. And uh, from a, out, a rollout point of view and from a logistical point of view and a management point of view, we uh, we don't have to do a whole lot, you know, which is, is, is nice. We don't have to come up with a clinical trial. We don't have to manage the clinical trial. The network essentially is self-automated. So it goes out. Um, we uh, lease our uh, systems to the location partners and generate revenue uh, right away off the devices themselves. We sell consumables to those location partners as well. And then on top of that, we are then selling sponsorships onto those networks and driving traffic uh, to our systems. So it's a fantastic ecosystem. Um, Pharmacy is embracing this uh, in a big way. You'll see some announcements come up from us in the next couple of weeks um, with some significant pharmacy partners. And uh, we're already working with Shoppers Drug Mart, and uh, we're we're very excited about um, uh, the the possibility of setting up the world's first network of harmonized uh, uh, devices that are actually feeding back real time data on treated populations. This has never been accomplished before, and um, you know it's something that uh, it, uh, competitors, if there were competitors, um, have tried, but they've been too de- device. Uh, focus. So they've tried to reinvent the wheel. They've tried to force everybody onto a particular device or a closed network software system. But because we're using a, uh, we're sort of agnostic on device, but we have focused on a device that we think works very well. Um, our software acts as a middleware and uh, directly plugs into other uh, health record management systems, which is uh, deemed as a, as a huge positive. And uh, we're just in the right place at the right time. And uh, so I think we're hugely undervalued. I think that people, uh, we haven't had a chance to really tell the story about our business development hopper and, and, and this, this new focus entirely. But, um, you know, we're working very hard at that. And uh, we're hoping with uh, the pending announcements that uh, you'll see uh, in the coming weeks will we'll really get us back up uh, to where we think we, we should be. And so, I mean, that deal with Shoppers Drug Mart, that's obviously a massive deal. Are you currently... Are you are health tabs currently in Shoppers Drug Mart stores right now? And if so, how many? Yeah, we've got uh, eight stores in the GTA right now. So we're operating uh, a pilot program in there. It's going extremely well, and uh, so we're in talk to do um, an expansion on that, along with other national chains, including yeah. um, uh, prominent pharmacy associations, uh, industry associations, which have 
like us, been advocating for the expansion of the scope of practice of pharmacy. Pharmacy is a, is a hugely underutilized piece and component of the healthcare system, and we all know that um, you know, finding GPs, uh, you know, using their emergency room as, as a first line of care is just not tenable. Is we just can't afford to do it. You know, governments are going broke, so you're going to have to use uh, a, a model that. Uh, it's going to make sense. It's going to be more cost-effective, and the pharmacy is it. You know, those, these are healthcare professionals. are extremely well trained. They know the drug. Consumers trust them. Um, it's a great integrated model. Uh, the, there's pharmacies uh, close to anybody, and uh, they want to expand their scope of practice. Technology is allowing it. Technologies like ours are allowing it, and so um, governments. Again, mentioning UK. UK has jumped on this, and, and part of um, our conversation with this uh, study uh, in the UK and. and Europe is a, um, a 342 million pound sterling funded study by the National Health Service in the UK, which is screening uh, people at pharmacy uh, for the precursors for heart, heart attack and stroke. Um, so it's this type of uh, approach on evidence-based care, early detection and prevention, and utilizing the pharmacy through new point-of-care technologies is really the future of frontline healthcare in the next 10 to 15 years. You're going to see a lot of really interesting companies emerge out of this way, out of this sector, and Avacor and HealthTab is one of them. <laughs> and so, walk me. Can you walk me through? Let's say I'm a I'm a I'm a patient. I walk into or a customer. I walk into a Shoppers Drug Mart. I see a HealthTab. What am I measuring for? Who pays for it? How does that and how does that money funnel through to Avacor? There's a couple of different ways we can do this. So we started off in the original concept and the original idea was sort of a direct-to-consumer model, much like 23andMe or Ancestry. So uh, we're not doing DNA, but what we're doing is 21 biomarkers that are critical to understanding about how your heart, liver, kidneys, um, and other uh, key biomarkers are doing. So it's a snapshot on your health today in real time where, you know, DNA is telling you, like, you know, you know statistically you might get cancer or, or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's giving you statistics. It's, nothing is absolute, and it's just telling you maybe about where you're, you've genetically come from. But our test is telling you how your body is doing today. And then if you're doing the test regularly, you're able to, to have a snapshot of how your health is doing over time. So if you're making dietary changes or medication changes or environmental or stress changes, you're going to see that show up in your body over time. And so you're able to, along with your healthcare team, make better decisions. So that's important to understand here. So um, we uh, I do have a model where uh, the pharmacies, and this is very successful, in particular in Toronto, with uh, things like MedCheck programs, uh, weight loss programs, where they're selling the consumer the test for about $40. And so they uh, they get the data. They get their results in 12 minutes. They get a secure encrypted ba- uh, login, really nice user interface that tells them um, sort of like, high risk, no risk, low risk uh, uh, on some key areas. And the uh, pharmacist does a consultation with them and kind of guides them along their healthcare journey. Uh, where we've really stepped this up, and, and of course every time a test is done, HealthTab makes money and, uh, and Apricor makes money, we um, sell consumables, uh, which are these everything from the little thing that pricks your finger and takes the blood out to these things called pipettes, which are um, things that suck the blood out and then these uh, reactive re- reagent discs, rather. So it kind of looks like a, a clear plastic disc and it has chemicals in it that um, allows the blood chemistry to be conducted within uh, the Piccolo Express uh, blood chemistry analyzer that we use. And so all of these things we, we are able to generate a margin on. Um, and of course, we are leasing the device. It's a 
component, the second component is, and the, and the higher revenue opportunity is, is that let's pretend you're Bayer and you're selling uh, Zeralta. Zeralta is a very successful uh, blood center. A lot of people are on it. And so um, drug-induced liver toxicity is a real problem. So you know, when you're on long-term medications, uh, you know, not specifically to Zeralta, but it could be uh, any medication that you're taking for a, a long-term issue, um, it could affect your liver. This is, this, the drugs are processed by your liver, and um, we know that drug-induced liver toxicity is the number one reason why a drug will be recalled. So you're going to want to... Um, much like you, uh, you know, car makers include oil changes in a in a um, in the sale or lease of a vehicle. You want to make sure that if you're putting somebody on a drug therapy, that you're monitoring that consumer over time. And there's a bunch of different reasons uh, for the the life science company, the drug maker, to do this. Of course, obviously the risk mitigation. Um, uh, there's obviously the the research and development component of that. Uh, sometimes they're regulatorily required uh, to do a certain amount of um, observation of treated populations. And, uh, of course, marketing. So there's these things called biosimilars out on the market. And, uh, you know, so it's similar to a generic, but it's basically like a, it's literal, it's a biosimilar. It's very similar to the name brand drug. But they don't go through necessarily all the same um, rigorous testing, nor do they also have the exact same chemistry as the name brand. So liver toxicity is a, is a, is a known associated risk in, in this biosimilar field. And so, you know, if you've got a brand, you want to make sure that you're able to say, look, my consumers can take my drug over time. Not only can I demonstrate results, but I can demonstrate that the kidney and livers are, and heart and other issues are um, uh, still functioning extremely well and uh, lower no risk. And so that's a huge marketing um, capacity uh, opportunity for them. And then there's other aspects like compliance. You know, a lot of drug makers and physicians are, are frustrated that, you know, we, do, we don't take our medication on time. We don't take our medication at all. Um, we fall off. We don't really have a, a good touch-based follow-up um, uh, program. A lot of people don't have a family doctor. They kind of show up at a, at a clinic and you know, so it's kind of a loosey-goosey relationship uh, in terms of healthcare. But this makes it a lot more uh, consistent and connected and controlled. This benefits the consumer. The consumer feels like they have more agency and more control, but you know, physicians are really looking for more evidence in their decision-making. So uh, again, really great ecosystem that we're able to create for them with HealthTab and Raster and, and with physicians and, and uh, the labs are, are really excited about us is that our HealthTab software through API integration, which is, is means that the, the software can connect, our, our software can uh, directly upload into their existing client management or can health record management systems. So uh, this is a, a huge leap forward, a huge advantage for us, and uh, we're in some exciting negotiations with some of the leaders in the health record management uh, systems, the owners of these systems. Uh, they're very excited about our technology, and we're uh, currently in negotiations to, uh, we'll be making an announcement in short order um, around how we will be uh, doing just that. And so tell me one thing, Hector. So you guys are, um, like you're sitting at two and a half, three cents. Investors are going to ask, do you need money and how do you plan to do it? Because on the venture, you can't raise money below a nickel. Um, I'm pretty sure that's still the rule. So is a rollback in question in the plan? Well, you know, you don't rule out anything. Um, but what we do think is that we are going to be making some announcements uh, in the very near term is going to demonstrate the type of revenues that we know that we can earn and we don't, don't think that the stock is going to stay at two and a half cents or three cents. Like we just, it, even, even now, I think, it, it, you know, we, we've, quite speaking frankly, it's been very frustrating to, to watch um, 
market pummeled uh, in the way that it has, and it's been confusing because you know, we've been um, we've worked very very hard. We've put out a corporate update not long ago, demonstrating a lot of our um, um, movement and momentum, and uh, you know we've continued to have revenues uh, from some legacy products uh, from the bank pharma days, uh, and more than that, um, you know we've uh, been able to even make the, the first uh, first step announcement with a, a huge state-owned enterprise. Uh, like Clinart, which is a is quite a significant entity. So, um, you know, we we recognize that we need to attach dollar uh, values to these contracts. I mean, that, that revenues um, is the best investor, and so we are going to um, demonstrate that in the near term. But we think that we're a very good buy. We're a company with a lot of legs, and you know, to roll that question, you know, again. Um, you know, we won't exclude anything, but we think we want to protect shareholder value and, and position and dilution in, 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 this, uh, in this current phase. And uh, we think that we can uh, get the number back up, and um, we think that we're, we're grossly undervalued. Well, you kind of answered my next question because it was, uh, it was you know, um, why should any investor look at Avercore right now and buy your stock now? So you, you basically just answered that right there. Yeah, the, the answer, yeah, to recap it is just, you know, we've got uh, significant revenue opportunities on the horizon, late stage agreements with some of the biggest names uh, in the business. And we've done this in a short few months and we're only just getting started. So, you know, uh, obviously in a platform like this, I, I can't say it all quite yet and, and uh, jump the shark on, on uh, uh, some of the announcements. But the, the reality is that what people are investing in is our team and our business development offer. And they, yeah, you know, it's kind of confusing because in a lot of ways we describe ourselves as a, um, you know, a startup, but we're publicly traded, so kind of a challenging position to be in. But uh, and we we respect that. But you know, what we're uh, hoping to find are investors and and, and those that um, you know are looking for a stock that's uh, undervalued and, and want to believe in a Canadian company and a Canadian company that's in the next great success story about how Canadian innovation once again will lead the world. And, um, you know, we, we have a long history of this in Canada. I think we have a, if you look at the board of directors and, and the team, um, you know, everybody's got a long history of innovation and success in the field. And so you're betting on this team. We're, we're survivors and, and uh, we've got um, a, a fantastic plan in place. It's working. And uh, you'll start to see the fruits of that very, very soon. Well, I really appreciate your time, Hector. Is there anything else? I'm pretty sure we covered a lot of it. I just wanted to kind of get get AVCR back on subscribers' radar screens. I think it's important, especially at these levels, for them to take notice, to put it back on their screens and to watch it, especially if you guys got um, some big news coming down the pipe. Is there anything else that you want to uh, to leave subscribers with? Well, you can reach out to me directly. And yeah, if you go to abricorhealth.com, you can learn more about HealthTab and Raster. And uh, we really appreciate, uh, attend the, the opportunity to be able to tell our story because, you know, part of the reason our stock is worth that is because we haven't had the, the, the ability to, to spread the gospel quite as uh, far and wide as we would have liked to. And this, this helps immensely. But I encourage you to listen. Go to, again, com. Learn a little bit about the system. You can reach out to us directly. Send me a note. It's hector.bremner at com, And uh, reach out to me if you have questions, and I will be happy to answer them. Awesome. Really appreciate your time. Look forward to, uh, to bringing you back on here. Yeah, thanks, Etienne. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Hector. Take care. Bye-bye.